Good morning, church. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. I will take it. Um, I always like, um, you know, an, uh, a grand entrance to stage. It just, you know, really, really gets me excited. Jared actually stole part of my game this morning. I was actually going to play a bit of a Gen Z slang game with you, but I might just walk you through a couple because it will help explain my story. So the first one, has anyone here heard a young person say slay? We do not mean slaying down your enemies. Um, Slay is actually a phrase used kind of just as like to describe something impressive, Um, but often it is kind of just a statement that they make when they don't know what else to say. So you're like, hey, how are you? Um, It's like me asking, hey, how are you? And they're like, yeah, great. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, slay. And when the first young person said this to me, I was like, sorry. I feel old right now, and I'm 20. Like, (laughs) what is going on? Um, And another one that they say is fit, for outfit, which when when they started saying that, I was like, okay, this is starting to make a little bit more sense. Okay, sure, we've shortened it. Again, we didn't really need to do that, but can do, can do. And another thing that we, as young people, like to say is it's it's giving, and then we'll fill in the blank, vibes. So, for example, say we found a um, secular song that kind of sounds like a worship song. They might be like, oh, yeah, it's giving worship vibes. And you're like, this sentence is not English. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense at all. And the young people are like, this is perfect. This is, this is normal. Um, another one could be the phrase era or moment um, instead of the actual meaning of era or moment. Um, you know, they might use it in the sentence of, I'm in my gaming era. Or I'm fully just having like, like just a, a dyslexic moment. Um, it's just because you did it on Friday, Izzy, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, or the newest one that young people are saying is, and it, this one has baffled me, when they first started saying it, I was like, what on earth does this mean? They started saying, so you know when, um, say, you're chasing a partner, usually amongst the young people, they're trying to get a boyfriend because it's cool, or a girlfriend because, you know, if I've got a girlfriend, I'm a cool, I'm a cool guy. Um, and they do it really smoothly, they've got the riz. <laughs> they've got the riz. Now, this has come from charisma, but I tell you, it took me until yesterday, I had to Google it to be like, where on earth did we get the riz from? I was like, are you for real right now? We need another word to descri- describe smooth. This has got to be enough. Like, surely, young people, we do not need any more. And I feel old when they start saying these phrases to me, and I'm like, what on earth are you saying? Now, youth ministry, you've got to Google things, like, honestly, all the time. But I find the more that I'm around young people, the more I start talking the same. So, for example, something to know about me, for starters, is I, um, I never know what to say when someone makes a statement that doesn't really warrant an answer, but you feel obligated to say something. Like, I think uh, a fairly typical answer from Aussies is fair enough. You're like, oh yeah, like, you know, so-and-so did this, and you're like, oh yeah, fair enough. I hyper-focus on phrases as answers to these because I overthink it, and I'm like, no, I've said fair enough too much, so I'll pick a new phrase. So, you know, you can say radio, and I hyper-focus on that for a while, and then I'll pick a new phrase. Um, Most of the people closest to me get very frustrated when I do this, I was on the phrase touche for about four months. It got to the point where when I would say touche as an answer, I would get death glares, I would get hit. They would be like, stop saying touche. Like, it is so frustrating. Just enough now. Stop it. Now, slay, like we talked about right at the start, 
is one that I've been trying very, very hard not to adopt because I despise it. It is so frustrating when I hear someone just answer anything with slay. But I have a very close friend of mine who lives in Brisbane. She's also in youth ministry and she loves it. She adopted it the moment she heard a young person say it. She's like, this is the coolest phrase ever. Coined it. It's mine. I'm doing this. So I'll be on the phone to her or I'll be texting her and I'll be like, hey, like, you know, youth is going really awesome. And she'll be like, slay. I'm like, you need to stop that. I don't want to be saying slay. And then she'll be like, oh, you know, we're just having a slay moment at the moment with youth. You know, all of our young people are engaging with praise and worship. It's a massive slay. And I'm like, stop this. And I caught myself on Friday. I caught myself on Friday. Izzy had said something to me about um, youth that night. I was setting up in the hub. And I think Izzy said she wasn't a fan of her outfit. Um, She'd picked something that wasn't very warm. And anybody knows it was really cold on Friday night. Izzy was wearing a vest with just like a long sleeve shirt. And she's like, this was a very poor choice. And I was like, slay. (laughs) And... Izzy didn't react for a minute. She kind of walked away. And then about 30 seconds later, she goes, since when, since when do you say slay? And I'm like, I have failed. (laughs) Mission failed. This is not good. This is not good. But I think so often what we say, what comes out of our mouths is so heavily influenced by the things and the people around us. If I could say it this way, the sounds that come off our life are so very heavily influenced by the sounds in and around us. We have a phrase that we say at youth, which isn't about sounds, but it says, uh, we often say, you are what you eat. So the things that you eat are going to start coming out in your life. And I think the same applies with sounds. So my question to you this morning, church, is what does your life sound like? Does it sound like the things of God, or does it sound like other things that you're reflecting through what you're listening to? In 2 Timothy Verse, uh, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 8, Paul writes this. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please... The For if they do, they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news that I preach. Now, if we think about Timothy for a minute, he was um, a young person himself. Um, It teaches us earlier that he grew up learning the scriptures, learning about God. His mum and his grandma helped teach him these things. His story alone, just might I add, just shows us the importance of youth ministry and kids' ministries, teaching the young people from, you know, from early ages to become passionate and, you know, key leaders as young people. I think as much as older generational leaders are important, young leaders are just as important because they can reach their peers, they can reach other people younger than them far better than someone much older for that relatability. Um, But in verse 2, Paul commands that he, and so by extension we, pass on the truths, the message of Jesus to others, which is something I love about the function of churches um, and youth ministries and kids' ministries where we can reach kids and people that may never set foot in a church, um, that may never set foot in a Christian space whatsoever, um, and we can equip young people and kids to reach their peers 
without needing to be in a church building. But a key thing to note here about what Paul says is these truths. Teach these truths to other people that they may pass them on. He's not saying teach religion. He's not saying pass on the very specific worship structure you must use these four songs so that you worship correctly every time. He's not saying, you know, church must be this particular way. It must run in this structure so that you can worship correctly. It's saying teach the truth. Tiana said it earlier, the truth of Jesus, the truth that Jesus heals, the truth that Jesus is for us. Luca was saying it, the truth that Jesus gives us the light. He went to the darkness so that we could have light. So my question to you this morning is, are you focused on the sound, the main message of Jesus, or are you focused on what the message sounds like? I think when we, when we were watching the Future Sound um, intro clip, it says, same message, different sound. Are we focused on the difference of the sound? Are we getting caught up saying, oh, well, I don't like how that worship song sounds, even if it's a good message, even if it's the message of Jesus, but I don't like the way that sounds, or you know, there's too many lights, um, not for me, um, you know, maybe there's, you know, I don't really like the way that one preacher preaches, but if they're preaching gold, why are we getting caught up in the different sound? This does go both ways, though. I'm not advocating that every time there's something new because the young people have picked it, that we just take it up willy-nilly. Um, I think, but we need to focus on not getting so fired up when change does come, when the change of sound comes. In verse 4 and 5, Paul says, Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Can you imagine for a second playing a game of soccer and you just grab the ball all of the time and you just run with it like rugby? Are you going to win the soccer game or are you just going to get fined the entire time? They're just going to pull you up. Um, similarly, if you play tennis, but every time they hit the ball back at you, you just catch it and you throw it at them. I don't know that athletes who do that would get very far. Or like sprinters, if they just instead sat on the ground and didn't move, they're not going to go very far. Similarly, if soldiers, you know, 20% of the time are actually doing their duty and then 80% of the time they're in the pub watching the footy, I don't know that for very long the sound that's coming off their life is going to be that of a soldier. Soon it's going to be the sound of laziness. It'll be the sound of a drunk. And I don't know that he'll keep his job. I think if you think about it practically for our lives, if 20% of the time our lives sound like Jesus, sound like the main message, the truth of Jesus, but 80% of the time we're on social media causing debates or getting riled up in debates, if 80% of the time we are complaining that, oh, the worship song this morning just was not it. It sounds like Jesus, but I didn't like it. And we're complaining. We're getting caught in the minor problems of the sound. If, tw- if 80% of the time we're arguing about, oh, well, you're acting this way and that's not good enough when we should be focusing on ourselves. If 80% of the time we are being negative about older sounds for young people, if you're like, oh, man, we did a hymn in church this morning. Who cares? If it sounds like Jesus, then that's what we need. I think so often we can get stuck and overrun by focusing on the extras that we place importance on, but are we thinking about the main message? Are we thinking about the truths that is Jesus? Paul says in verse 8, always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news that I preach. 
Is this the good news? Is this the sound that's coming off your life? Or is the sound that's coming off your life that of complaint, that of difference, that of the wrong or maybe not the right sound? In verse 14, Paul then says, Remind everyone about these things and command them that in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Is this the sound that's coming off our life this morning? If, if we're constantly arguing about things, if we're constantly going, you know what, I don't like that about this, but, you know, it sounds like Jesus, but I don't like it, so we need to change it. If so often we're going, oh, well, you know, so-and-so on social media said this thing, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them off in the comments. Like, come on, people, we can do better. I think so often we can get caught just focusing on the little things that in reality don't really matter as long as what the message is conveyed is that of Jesus. I think the more, you know, we head into the future, church may start sounding different. It may start sounding more youthy. It may start sounding or looking different. And if we get caught up in what that sounds like, if we, if we get caught up in, oh, well, it doesn't sound the same as the way I'm used to, we are going to get ourselves in strife. That doesn't mean to say if, you know, if someone is getting caught up in these arguments that we as people of Jesus who want to be sounding like Jesus, if we have the the place, call them out on it. I think so often we can shy away from, oh, well, you know, I feel like their life's probably not sounding right, but I don't feel like I have a place to say something that's the pastor's job. If you're close to them and you know that they need to be, you know, reminded, hey, just remember Remember these things. Don't argue about these things. Remember that your life needs that your life should sound like Jesus. What does your life actually sound like right now? Call them out on that. So my question to you this morning, church, is what does your life sound like? I really want you to dwell on that. I really want you to think about that. And is there things that God's saying, hey, maybe you don't need to focus on that. Maybe you don't need to worry so much about that. What does your life sound like? I'm going to quickly pray and then I'm going to introduce Pastor Brendan up. But God, I just thank you so much this morning that you are with us every step of the way. Lord, I just thank you so much that you you command us and you help us to sound more and more like you. Lord, that you would help us to identify the things where we're getting focused on the wrong sounds, where we're listening to the wrong sounds and that's coming out in our life. Lord, I just thank you so much that you have gone to the grave for us. You have risen again, Lord, so that we can have life with you. In Jesus' name, amen.